Hello, you. Yes, you. Let's talk. Hey there. I am really excited to be bringing you this episode today. It's something that I've had lots of requests for. So obviously we have talked extensively about the menstrual cycle, different phases of the cycle, how to live in alignment with your cycle. And along the way, I've had lots of requests to talk about menopause. Now I have just turned 45 and I am not into menopause yet, not really experiencing any symptoms or experiences of, of perimenopause, but it can't be that far away. It's certainly something that I am interested in and I have done study in around for yoga and for fitness and movement. And so I'm going to be sharing some of that in coming episodes and also sharing some conversations that I'm having with different people about menopause. So today will be the first of those and there will be more episodes to come in, in the next few months. We won't be talking only about menopause over the next few months, but there will be episodes kind of dropped in there. So hopefully something that you are interested in and uh, you can really learn a lot from and maybe have a bit of a shift in perspective or the way that you think and feel about menopause, wherever you might be starting from on that front. Before we do get into today's episode, as you can imagine, I, as I begin each of these episodes with wanting to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land and wanting to share something that I am learning about First Nations people, I, as I knew I was going to be sharing these episodes about menopause, I got interested in, well, what does menopause look like and mean to First Nations people, women and menstruators, other people approaching uh, menopause. So I found some articles that are really comparing the reported experience of Aboriginal women with non-Aboriginal women when it comes to menopause. And it looks like there's a whole lot more that could be done, a whole lot more um, in terms of, of study and understanding. But I'll share with you what I have come across so far. So one thing that I found interesting is that the average age of the onset of menopause is five years younger in Aboriginal women as compared to non-Aboriginal women. Also interestingly, the average age of giving birth is also five years younger. Not sure if those two are correlated. The articles that I was reading didn't necessarily correlate the two, but interesting. Also found that uh, some Aboriginal women consider the term menopause to be an introduced European word and don't have a strong sense of connection with that word. And as far as these reports uh, showed, which did include various different Aboriginal communities, there's they hadn't found an Aboriginal word, a word in, in language that meant menopause or that referred to that. And it seems like fairly commonly through First Nations communities, uh, women particularly, they would refer to menopause as the change or change of life. So yeah, interesting. 
symptoms reported seem pretty much the same, uh, but perhaps maybe to do with the fact that the language is not so much there, there seem to be a fairly high level of uh, attributing the symptoms of menopause to something else, not necessarily making the connection that those symptoms are part of uh, the experience of menopause. And so instead, uh, some people experiencing some of the symptoms and thinking that they might be sick in some way. So maybe it was about diabetes or a heart condition uh, or some other kind of illness. So not necessarily drawing that connection with menopause. So that's what I've learned so far. You might be interested and want to go and learn more, please do. But for now, I am very excited to be bringing you a conversation that I had with Alexandra Pope. Now, Alexandra Pope is one of the co-founders of Red School, along with Shani Hugo Wurlitzer. And the Red School is all about menstruality. This is a term that they've coined. It's menstrual cycle awareness as a spiritual practice. They have a mission to activate the vitality, creativity and leadership of a million people through menstrual cycle awareness and conscious menopause. And that is not a bad mission. So Alexandra, along with Shani, are just about to release a new book. They already have a number of books which are awesome, go check them out. But this new one is specifically about menopause and it is called Wise Power, Discover the Liberating Power of Menopause to Awaken Authority, Purpose and Belonging. Um, I really love Alexandra. I think that she is a really refreshing example and paints a really refreshing picture of menopause, one that I believe is much needed. So I really enjoyed my conversation with her and I hope that you do too. Alexandra Pope, I am so, so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I feel like I need to um, confess that you're kind of a little bit like my Beyonce. I'm a bit, a bit excited to have you <laughs> Oh my God, that is so lovely. Oh, I, I wear that compliment all day. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, yeah, I'm just super inspired by your work and by the way that you share and what what you share and by your example, and and just really that you are paving the way in just telling this new story of menopause. And so can we just jump straight into that? And can you share with us the old story of menopause and, and paint a little picture for us of the new story that you're telling? I'd love to, Annie. I've been thinking about this on my walk down to the river this morning to swim, <laughs> reflecting on all your questions. And the old story of menopause is, well, it's the current story that's being it's not even that it's the old story, it's the current story of uh, what's the messages that are coming out, you know, with menopause, about menopause, um, which is that it is some, it's seen as some kind of um, affliction or deficiency or like a health condition that we suffer from, that we have to be saved from. <laughs> And that it, you know, that it debilitates, well, it, it, it debilitates us, but it sort of 
debilitates us ongoingly. It's like now we've got this sort of, um, you know, deficiency we have to cope with for the rest of our lives as though there's some kind of design flaw in our bodies. And, um, of course, many people experience really debilitating symptoms with menopause. So I'm not diminishing that, but it's not a health condition. It's actually a normal, healthy life transition. And that really begs the question of, well, why is it so insane for some of us? Why are so many of us crashing and burning at menopause, literally burning? And, you know, yes, we are changing. And, um, but that change is into something else. And it is a very clear marker that you're getting older. And getting older, so it's a clear marker that you're shifting gear in some way, but you're not shifting into decrepitude. You're not shifting into being less effective in the world or less powerful in the world. And now I feel some rage rising in me because it is the complete opposite. I have never been more productive. I'm 15 years out from menopause now. I've never been more productive, more satisfied, more fulfilled, more. I've never felt, you know, I feel so effective in the world now. I feel like I have a channel for who I am. And I really feel I'm having an effect, you know, you know, I'm here serving something. And I feel much more empowered now than I have ever felt before. Yeah. Wow. I love that so much. And I think even just hearing you say that and seeing your face as you, you speak to that, I, it reminds me, I've, I've heard you speak on, on your podcast and um, in other interviews and things, and I'm having the same feeling in me. I'm just like, yes, I love this. It's, it's just a an inspiring picture rather than, yeah, this kind of doom and gloom and like, oh, it's all downhill from there. The way you talk about it actually makes me feel excited about the good. That's where we're headed. That's where I'm headed at some point. I want you you to feel excited. I want you to feel it's an evolution into something bigger and better for yourself. And you have to take care of yourself Um, Yes, I'm getting older and there are certain things that come up around that. I don't have the same energy that I had, but I have another kind of energy in my being that was not available to me before. And um, I have, um, it's a different territory. You're, You're occupying a different territory, which gives you, which opens up huge opportunities and there are vulnerabilities equally. Before you get to menopause, you have huge capacities and strengths, but you also have uh, uh, you don't, you you're not going to have the same confidence, for instance, that I have now post menopause. There's the swings and roundabouts everywhere. There's the light and the dark on you know both sides of this story. <laughs> mm, yeah, sure. And you have a book coming out is it on the twentieth of September, I believe. Yes, yes, and yes. That- that is very exciting. I have pre-ordered a copy already and I can't wait. Um, and and as I 
was I listened uh, to an episode on your the menstruality podcast where you were talking about the the reveal of the title and yeah. it really struck me obviously this title was not just kind of some throwaway line it sounds like there was a lot a lot went into the selection of every word for this this title and as I read it I just think it's another example of just this really really positive spin on menopause. I'm going to read the title out so that people listening know what I'm talking about. So the title is Wise Power, Discover the Liberating Power of Menopause to Awaken Authority, Purpose and Belonging. It sounds so good. And what really strikes me is just that every word in there or pretty much every word in there is just like a really uplifting, exciting kind of promise or holds this promise within it. The words wise, power, discover, liberating, power, <laughs> awaken, authority, like they're all just really um, yeah, enlivening. And so I wonder for you right now with all of those words that are obviously meaningful and um, in deliberately selected, is there one that you can feel into at the moment and, and kind of share why it's special for you? Mm, I'd love to. I'd love to just tell you too that that book title was sweated over for months and months and months with the publisher. With I mean, we just went backwards and forwards. It was like, no, no. You know, we'd come up with stuff. They'd come back, no, no, no. And it was sort of the 11th hour going, you know, this book's nearly done. We need a work. We need a title. <laughs> and, and then it suddenly landed. In fact, it was Hay House that came up with the first two words wise power and it was so bloody obvious I mean it's so bloody obvious <laughs> really? no it's so obvious and I go yeah yeah that's what the book is actually about you know it was so clear it was so funny and then of course the subtitle then again we worked on and worked on so yes every word is deliberately chosen and you use this word promise then and I often speak about the promise of menopause so these words speak to the promise of menopause, the potential of menopause. Now, for us, I'll come, I just want to do a preamble before I choose the word that I most particularly love here. I love them all. It's going to be hard. It's like choosing between your children. <laughs> um, but I, I just really want to emphasize that um, for us to experience the full possibility of menopause, we need, A, to be, um, we need to understand the story that we're telling about initiation, about this being a huge initiatory moment. We need to be schooled in the language of initiation. Uh, so we need understanding and we need support. You can't go undergo a huge initiatory challenge and cope, in inverted commas, with normal life simultaneously or manage uh, normal life. And in fact, that's what we all have to do because normal life doesn't stop. We have children, you know, we have work, we have this, we have that, responsibilities, we need to earn an income. So, um, and, and, and menopause, demand, you know, for you, for those words to have a life in you, uh, menopause is, so menopause gifts you these things, but menopause demands something of you to be able to embody or take responsibility for this power. 
And for you to meet the challenge or challenges that sort of menopause lays down for you, you've got to have some resources, and we can talk about that later, but I just really want to emphasise that. But my feeling is that, you know, even 5% of what we have described, you're ahead, mate. You're just so ahead. You're so ahead. 10% are even more ahead. Um, and, and it's going to be a transgenerational thing. Each generation is going to experience more as we change the story. And, it, and it's about changing the story of the menstrual cycle itself, because menopause is the final chapter in a journey that began with your very first bleed. There's an integrated process that's unfolding up to menopause. You are prepared for menopause, but because we don't value the menstrual cycle, we're not getting that preparation. So I just really want to name that because there may be people listening to this who are deep in menopause now going, yeah, I'm not experiencing any of that. It just feels, no, it's not, you know. And I want to say, hang in, trust, you know, respect yourself and get our book, by the way, because that will really help you. All right. So coming to my favorite word in the title, I think it has to be the last word, Annie, belonging, because I feel everything hinges on this. And this word moves me so much. And I feel if there is a gift of gifts that menopause gives us, it is this sense of belonging. And what I mean by this word belonging is this sense of coming, of finding home in yourself. You find home you, you you come menopause brings you home to yourself and it is a sense of when you start to taste even just a little of that the moment you start to feel that sense of oh yes this is who I am and start to let yourself really have that then you start to feel like you belong here you belong in this world and and more than that that well with that that word belonging packed into that word belonging is meaning that who you are is needed and necessary your life is meaningful and it's like with belonging you it, it feels to me and it's something these are words you continue to grow into by the way postmenopause it's like menopause rewires you annie fall it gives it just rewires your whole psyche soul you know spiritual architecture uh, for authority for purpose in the world for belonging and postmenopause so you're set up for something you're set up for all those things and your postmenopause years are about really growing down into that more and more but you you get a basic template in place you taste you taste all these things. And then postmenopause, it's like you start to relish them more and more and get it more and more and so on. So this belonging piece, I think if I didn't have this, I would feel really cast adrift now. The belonging gives rise to the authority and the purpose, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's just a given. It rises out of that. This meaning comes. 
And so purpose, what you're about, yeah, I, you know, I just feel so clearly what I'm serving in the world. And, um, but also this authority, and that, uh, this authority is a huge responsibility. I don't use any of these words lightly, mm. by the way. It's a serious business. And one of the things that menopause does set you up for is taking responsibility, because Power, you can still abuse, let me tell you. <laughs> You're not excused abusing power. Mm. <laughs> so you can still go unconscious. You can still do dumb things and be totally unaware of the power and privilege you have and, you know, not use it wisely. Yeah. But this responsibility muscle gets strengthened, yeah. So belonging is my magic word. Mm. Oh, I love that. And, yeah, some of what you're saying, it, it – reminds me so much of the way I I feel about my experience of getting to know my own my menstrual cycle where there are lots of things that I feel like I've I've gained from from that and you know menstrual headaches calm down different you know all sorts of things like that but really when when I think well what has been the biggest gift of that it it is about feeling more at home in my body and being yeah that sense of ha ah, settling into who I am and and then things flow from there and it just hearing you describe that it almost feels like like kind of a culmination potentially of of that's the word practice it's a culmination yes mm. exactly it's beautiful to hear you say all that Annie and uh, I mean, particularly in menstruation, you get that hit. You, you know, but the whole of the cycle is coaching you in who you are, and menstruation particularly opens up the portal, you know, to really plugging into yourself, mm. and uh, you can get, you know, you know, all that those waves of love and so on, the oxytocin wash, and that sense of oh yeah, okay. I, I can still remember my experience of menstruation. It was like, oh, my God, yes, yes, yes. Mm. Sounds like it's an orgasm coming on. <laughs> I mean, it was. It was ecstatic, this mm. feeling of, oh, I am okay. It was a sense of deep love. And, you know, here's my wild statement to you, and I believe this to be true. That what you, the grace you experience, you can potentially experience at menstruation every month, is your ongoing experience post-menopause. That's what we're coded for. If we were, if we really understood and if we really had the time and space to honour cyclical life in all its fullness... And, and in particular, honour our menstrual cycles, um, that that experience of menstruation becomes... Because menstruation is this expanded moment of consciousness. Your, you know, every, your mundane, egoic kind of consciousness is pushed aside, and that's unsettling initially. But then as you drop into menstruation, you really start to inhabit that expansion and that's where all the goodies come that we talk right about in our first book, um, Wild Power. Mm. Um, and 
so you're being titrated for menopause for the opening at menopause because at menopause it's even more expanded and it's ongoing now mm. you don't get shut it down yeah yeah mm. wow your own experience of of menopause I imagine that that has played a part of what has has led you to wanting to share about this and to write your book with Shani and um, is there something that you can share with us of your own experience of of menopause whether the the gifts of it or the the challenges of it or maybe they're some things are one and the same yes (laughs) you know what's interesting is I didn't have the languaging that I have now and that we describe in um, our book, Wise Power. But what I had was years of cycle awareness and um, a real appreciation of the powers of menstruation. And I also was very comfortable with working with, I love the unknown, you know, that, that void space just before bleeding. And, 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 you know, and the autumn powers, the premenstrual powers of the cycle. I was always very comfortable with those energies. I, I was always a bit blown apart by summer. I didn't know what to do with it. Um, but I knew I was home once I was into the autumn of the cycle. And... Uh, so there was a sort of comfort and ease with what we call the via negativa powers, which come into their own at menopause. But, uh, and so I had that going for me. And the interesting, so I was in some ways an innocent coming into menopause in that, I, as I said, I didn't have all this languaging that we now teach. But what I, it's so funny, this I never at any point, I never use the word perimenopause, and we don't actually use that word at Red School. We talk about the quickening in your 40s, and we explain why in our book, by the way. We go into a lot of detail on that. But I didn't, in my 40s, I was not thinking about menopause. And, and I, don't, I feel we should just stay, stay where you are in your cycle, enjoy who you are, and take care of what's happening. So I had a lot of health problems, or I had, and... Um, you know, uh, autoimmune stuff, allergies and so on, insomnia. And those, you know, I'd had those since my 30s and early 30s probably really, but when the fatigue kicked in. So I had developed huge self-care practices. Man, I was really, you know, I was fierce because I wanted to be well and I, you know, and I had, because I had ambitions in the world, you know, I knew I had some of these, I really wanted to be well, so I was very motivated. So I came into menopause with really, you know, probably the healthiest I'd ever been and um, with very good healthcare practices in place. So that is just really, really essential coming into menopause. You, uh, Lara Bryden talks about a critical window in your sort of late 40s, really, coming into menopause. That's if you go through menopause at the usual time, in inverted commas. Um, 
it's what you do in that critical window that sets you up for everything, not just menopause, but your postmenopause life. So this, you, the health stuff you're doing is for life. It's not just for menopause. You're setting yourself up for a whole next chapter of your life where your body is different. It has a new kind of constitution and you, you need to respond to that accordingly. So... I had taken care of that critical window. I was doing all the right things coming in. So I I never really thought of myself as in menopause for a long, long time. I, I mean, I must have been 50 and my cycle was breaking up, but I never went, oh, you know, I'm in menopause. Blah, blah. I just followed what my cycle was doing. So I was not having... I didn't get any hot flushes until actually at the end of menopause when I was quite exhausted because I moved countries. You know, I changed everything in my life. That's what you do at menopause. You change everything. So in terms of health stuff, you know, I followed my body basically. So the real challenge, you know, once I was sort of, I suppose, in menopause was I would say... That it's that seeing of the shadow of your life and really being faced with the blunt truths. So, and and you, at menopause, you really see, initially see everything that's crap in your life. You don't see any of the, the good stuff you've done. And I felt it was challenging both to really see my shadow side, but also to look at my life and go, well, what have I got to show for it? I'm 50, you know, what have I got to show for it? And of course, it was a question coming from my sort of egoic worldly self that says you're supposed to be this, this and this and have this, this and this. And I felt rage. I felt a rage. I felt a huge anger with life with the universe you know that that I had so little to show and um and that you know is painful and then to see my own shadow side more and more and but this is the work of menopause if you're going to take on these powers of menopause the menopause is going to bestow on you you've got to do this work you've got to confront things and mostly you have to move beyond a kind of victim consciousness. So in a way, I was, you know, in a victim consciousness. You know, it was like uh, this rage was coming from a place of impotency. But the good news is I also, and this saved the day for me, was I had, I, I had a feeling of something, a kind of grace at work in me. I'd always had that a feeling of something meaningful at work. And that was just something I've always had. And it was, in a way, this menstruality work. I knew, I knew I was courting something. So even amidst all the shit, there was this line that I could not abandon. Uh, you know, I thought, oh, maybe I should just go off and make myself even more respectable as a psych. I was a psychotherapist, and I had a very good practice in Sydney. I thought, oh, maybe, maybe I should go and do a PhD or a master's in blah blah blah. And I seriously followed that route, I, I, you know. And then my heart used to just sink, and I thought, oh, Jesus Christ, no way can I? You know, it just felt like it was coming from a head that was trying to fix something. Mm -hmm. And my soul 
was like, you know, I just couldn't rise to it. I couldn't rise to it. And I actually couldn't rise to being a psychotherapist anymore. I mean, at 48, I got the message. I just had this voice in my head going, you're going to stop being a therapist and you're going to move back to the UK. You know, it was basically instruction. Mm-hmm. Move back to the UK and I had to live. And, and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. Have you got a plan, universe, for how I'm going to do it then? Because this is my income and, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be employed by anybody else. I've no interest in that. Could you? <laughs> Took me seven years. Took me seven years, and I was coming out of menopause as I landed on the soil of UK. Wow! But it was this sense of being held by something, and it—I will say—it is my calling. It was my calling, and it still is. My it's still with me. This and that. I would say, you know, that's where the gift. That's what the gift of cycle awareness is. You, you can't maybe name what your calling is. I just knew something meaningful was at work. Every time I bled, I felt the affirmation. And that's what buffered me, Annie, against the rage, the impotency, the, you know, mm. uh, the sense that I had nothing and all that. Yeah, so that buffered me. But it's this magic word, trust. Mm. You know, I actually had, I had trust, but I also had to make a choice to trust, Annie, as well. It's interesting that. And I would say to anyone listening, if you're not feeling trust, make a choice now to trust this one precious life you've been given, that there is something meaningful at work. Because, you see, my life has really blossomed since menopause because my calling took that long. Uh, It was two things. One, for me to grow into it and to articulate the fullness of it. But also it was about world timing. (laughs) it's about timing it was the time and you talk of this this transition this time this really stepping into like it it feels like that kind of a reckoning almost at the time of of menopause yes it's a that's a good word I I know you talk you speak of it as an, an initiation and ultimately initiation into power what is this power you've spoken of, I guess, in your own story, and I'm getting a taste of, of what that means in your life. But overall, for for any of us moving through the initiation of menopause, what, what is this power that we're being initiated into? Gosh, that's an interesting question to find an answer to because of course I inhabit that power mm. all the time it's very very real I suppose it is at one level it is to use that word empowered it is to be fueled by something beyond your own will so it's beyond my own sense of agency, but it fuels my sense of agency. Mm. So it obviously I'm moving into the area of spiritual here. So it is this power comes about when you come into alignment with yourself more, which is what menopause is doing. And 
So you become a, it's like you become a channel in service of something greater than you. So post-menopause, you know, your life is meant for something bigger than just your own, you know, personal whims and so on. But long may your personal whims survive, you know. (laughs) I'm not dissing them (laughs) at all, (laughs) on the contrary. But you are actually being made available for a bigger work, Mm. should you choose. You know, you can say, no, thanks, Uh, I'm I'm out of here. I don't want any of that stuff. At the same time, you almost can't not do it, I think. But you are being made available for something bigger. And so, you know, I could say calling, use that word calling. And the calling is gives you purpose it gives you a clarity is this is what i'm doing but your calling also is a kind of energy that is very compelling that you can't argue with Mm -hmm. we could call it a power annie coming through and that compels you into action however you have to be awake to this power it's because it's very strong and very fierce and very compelling. And as I said earlier, you can abuse power. So that, that thing of responsibility. And if you, the, the key thing for growing that responsibility muscle is to let go of victimhood. Mm-hmm. I just say, let it go. It just does not work post-menopause. It does, in a moment, I might feel sorry for myself, but actually you can't indulge it. It just is over, folks. Hear me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's over. And menopause helps you to move through that because initially it is all about, yeah, it's all, oh, no, 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 you know, and you have to move through that. And I'm not, want, uh, I moved, I had to move through all that, but you have to move through it and beyond it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For this power to be available or fully available. For you to be able to use this power wisely so that it may be wise power rather than just a kind of power that's a bit destructive and, you know, not really channeled into anything, serving anything. Mm. So... um, yeah, does that make sense? What I'm yeah, it, it does. And actually, as you were speaking, I just glanced down at this piece of paper I have in front of me, which has the, the title of your book on it. And I read those words again, that to awaken authority, purpose and belonging. And then once I'd read that, I felt like as you were talking, I was like, oh, there's there's the authority, there's the belonging, there's the purpose, like that these are, that that's what, yeah, essentially what you're describing. Yeah. Yeah, these are all the elements. Yeah, that's well observed. Uh, thank you, Annie. Those are all the elements of, yeah, the wise power. Mm. Mm. At some point what when you were, I can't remember exactly what you said there, but you referred to um, the fact that, that it will kind of happen uh, whether or not you're ready or something like that. Sorry, I've, I've lost the actual words. But I wanted to ask about that because, when I think about this initiation and an initiation in into something, into this wise power, how much of that needs to be intentional for it to really be an initiation into power or how much of it is just inevitable that we kind of end up there one way or another and we, I guess we can make it 
maybe easier or more conscious or something for ourselves or not? It's a good question. And if you're sort of not, if you're sort of, un, if you're sort of at the mercy of menopause and, and don't know what's going on and just feel lost and rudderless and you don't have resources and support, you may end up feeling just battered by menopause and will come out the other end, I would say almost like a loose cannon. So there is this power in you, but the alignment process that is meant to be happening at menopause requires attention. I would say attention rather than intention. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important actually to set an intention for yourself as you're approaching menopause you know, for the kind of menopause you'd like. And, you know, it's kind of good that uh, to not get caught up in the cultural crap, for want of a better word, around menopause, but to set your own line and say, I'm choosing for to experience a dignified, supported menopause in which I'm able to meet the challenges that come up and 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 grow through them or whatever your languaging is you know to set I think that's really a lovely thing to do Uh, we love being intentional but you need a whole lot more after that you need attention to yourself and a presence you've got to be present to menopause um, to be able to alchemize the provocations of menopause and for you to be present to that, you need to be resourced. And the resourcing looks like this. Time for yourself. Time and space. agenda free time and space for yourself. So all of you looking at your lives right now going, holy shit, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to put this 1% idea in you're going to start doing 1%. We are fierce about this. You can't wait for the moment where it all opens up for you. Do not do that. Claim the 1% now of time and space for yourself. There's magic in that, huge magic, and the 1% double in no time. So you have to make a real intentional choice now. I'm worth it, and I need this. So you do your 1%. 1% is something, will give you something. So you need that time, space, and, uh, you know, a gender-free time and space, and you've got to lower your standards. We're all total perfectionists, and that's crap now. Um, you can't maintain that. You're good enough, and you'll do a good – just aim at a good enough job, good enough parenting. Just be good enough. Scrape by, you know, because it's all about you now. And and it's you that has to make that so, not anybody else. No one else is going to come and say, it's okay, I'm going to create space. Now. It's you that has to step up and say, this is what I need, this is who I am, this is what I need. The choices must come from you. You've got to be the author of things here. And yes, you're going to need help, but the choice, the initial kind of movement must come from you. Um, 
I've actually forgotten your original question, but I think I might be answering it. Yes, I. <laughs> and, I say, and there's more to say. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I, I'm. I'm just following along with you and right, right there with you in it. Um, I think I was initially I was asking about the um, how much of it oh, yeah, is the inevitable or yeah. intentional. Yeah. In, in a way, um, if you treat, I mean, menopause does the work. Mm-hmm. If you meet menopause, I mean, menopause, the, the, if you've got to trust menopause, basically, and that, that's a choice on your part. So there has to be that intentionality to turn up. But you, your intention can't shape menopause. Menopause is working you and it's your relationship to and trusting what, in a sense, menopause is demanding of you in the moment. And we sort of we unpack this all in great detail with great stories in the book. Um, so it's your attention and it's your self-care and trust. Mm-hmm. It's so radical. Yeah. You've got to trust yourself now. It's really radical. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. And with the 1%, the the rest, the space the time carving that out on a practical level what can that look like what what does the one percent what it can look like I can tell you what it can look like it can look like sitting down for five minutes turning the phone off turning everything off no technology absolutely none nothing silence silence is so radical and staring out the window. Or if it's warm, you can, you know, you can go outside and touch the earth. Go and stand, sit, stand, lie on the earth. Five minutes, I am saying. Five minutes where you just say no to the world. No to everything. It's so radical. You take those five minutes and then maybe you nudge it to ten minutes. And you get really, really, really smart with your diary. And you do not go the extra mile for anybody. So we have this lovely word snudging that we share in the book. Mm-hmm. Snudging. You can practice the art of snudging. It's the best thing ever, snudging. Mm-hmm. Snudging is doing the bare minimum to get by. So, yeah, no one can fault you. You know, you're doing your job. Yeah, yeah you're there you're doing it. But boy, are you cruising underneath? Well, you know, you are doing the bare minimum. You're over standards now. You're over high standards. You're just you're delivering what they wanted. Yeah, yeah. You tick the boxes. And um, one of the interesting things about menopause is you get this power of now. Just no, sorry. The power of no comes out of nowhere. You just you find yourself just no. It's just organically there. You don't have to fight for it. Suddenly you're going no, no. You just want to say no to everything. So you are. You're just going to say no to things. You're not going to put yourself out in the same way. No, mm-hmm. no. So boundaryness is actually one of the gifts that menopause is giving you. This no is helping you to assert boundaries. So that's going to help snudging this powerful no that's going to help you get really smart with your diary. Yeah. And in those five minutes, 
you're going to do nothing, by the way. Yeah, you know, nothing. You're just going to really stare out at space. Oh. And maybe just notice your breathing. Just notice, oh, how's my body? Oh, I'm a bit weary. Oh, I'd like to just stop, step off the world right now. So you're going to do it for five minutes. Yeah, people, of course, are afraid that if they stop for five minutes, they'll ne never get up. I tell you, yes, it's a risk. It's very, very dangerous if we stop. <laughs> it's one of the most dangerous things you'll do. Don't worry. You will get up again. Yeah, of course you will. But what you actually, you are actually really, in that moment, you're resting. You're actually, and you will find after five minutes, suddenly you feel just a bit more resourced. It's so interesting. I mean, I can do that. I can just, I do all this now. I do all this same stuff now. I never stop, you know. Mm -hmm. I have to stop, for instance, I have to nap after lunch. Even if, it, even if I only had five minutes, I usually have half an hour. Five minutes, I will lie down. I just lie down and stare into space, yeah. And now I just lie because it's lovely and warm and sunny here and I just go and lie in the garden on the earth. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. When I think, though, of that nothing, the nothingness doing nothing, the stillness, yeah. the quiet, when I, I think about even when I teach people um, yoga and meditation, sometimes people will find, and I have experienced this myself, that sometimes when I create stillness and nothing <laughs> in, in my body, Sometimes then my mind can run really wild. It's almost like I find sometimes the stillness and the calming and the, of the environment and my body will calm my mind. And then sometimes it goes the other way. It's almost just like in the stillness, it just amplifies all of the, the critical thinking, all of the stuff, all of the agitation in my mind. And I guess I'm wondering, is that potentially Gonna, does that happen uh, in what you're describing? And I I'm guess sure in a way I'm like, is is that part of the point maybe that you actually, you're with that stuff, whatever that stuff might be, rather than sort of getting on and ignoring it? In a way it is part of the point. But if it's very charged, um, gentle walking mm -hmm. you could do mm -hmm. because that's incredibly soothing for the brain as well as the body so if you're feeling very charged and you see the thing is that whizzing mind and sort of <gasps> energy is actually there anyway and it's because you've stopped you're suddenly seeing it mm. there's one way of looking at it um and so if it feels too much to manage um for instance, for me, coming down from a very... If I've had a lot of momentum in the day, I at the end of the day, I just have to come and lie on my yoga mat with my back roller and roll up and down, backwards and forwards, and then roll on my spine upwards and downwards and and, and sort of slowly lower, lower myself down from that momentum. So I'm using movement. I'm sort of rocking myself. <laughs> rocking myself back into stillness. So, you know, if you've got huge momentum in your system, stopping might feel impossible. So 
something like that, some simple movement that's soothing. It's really soothing for me. And then I can feel my my, my whole nervous system down-regulating, which is what we're trying to do, yeah. down-regulate our nervous systems and switch on the rest and digest. So we're in flight and fight, and we want to switch on the rest and digest nervous system. Mm. So that rocking movement. And just, you know, my back on the back roller, and oh, you know, and that brings me down. So that is something you can do. But equally, it's up to you and you must listen to yourself. You will know. You will know what's needed. But you need space. So if you do just stop and then your mind, in a way, sort of takes off with stuff this is what's been sort of unconscious and has been driving you anyway and now you're seeing it and one of the things we suggest actually we don't mention it in the book um, but um, we're just putting together a free menopause remedies and resources little package for people Um, and one of the things we've got there is to have two journals and one journal is your rant journal where you just rant out all the crap that's spinning around and you could just have your rant journal with you. And the other one is your appreciate journal, which because in the darkness, the initial darkness of menopause, um, in that initial struggle period, actually you, you may also have incredibly sort of moments of illumination and kind of knowing and kind of, you know, like possibility come up and you want to capture those. So... You know, if you suddenly have a liberating thought, an idea, honestly, it'll break through because you're at your most permeable now. So everything comes in, the good and the bad, good, bad and ugly. Um, So in your appreciate journal, you know, you just note down those kind of possibilities. But it's also about appreciating yourself. And that's crucial. But yes, just write it out just get it out of your head and onto a piece of paper um, to, you know, just yeah and um the thing about being sitting just being still without any agenda not having your mind you know listening to some music even music just silence um and you just start to notice the condition of your body so yes you may notice this hyper arousal and maybe some anxiety and panic um uh, perhaps you can just put your hand on your body and just I mean, that's what I might do is just start soothing it. But just sitting and being still, actually that starts to downregulate in and of itself. If if you can get the head connected and noticing your body, but if your head is spinning out with worry, write all the worries down on the piece of paper and then see if you can come back and just settle for a moment. Mm. Mm, Lovely. I've heard it described that the menstruating years being like a a training ground for uh, menopause and I have heard people, some of my friends, people that I know who talk about it like it's this extended pre-menstrual phase. It feels a bit like that with all the, the critical mind really active, agitation, ability to really kind of see straight to the heart of things, but some of that being really, really challenging. And when I think about my own experience of that in my premenstrual phase, part of what gets me through that is knowing that it's only going to last a couple of weeks maximum. 
And I, I practice myself and I teach other people also to practice this. I've shared this on this podcast within that time to write it all down, to sit with it, not to discard it and ignore it, but to be with it all, but not to act on it at, at the, that time, wait. <laughs> and then when you're not right in the thick of it all, then you can start to kind of make some decisions and take some actions. But so I'm thinking, well, if that then correlates to menopause and potentially can be in that space for months and years how do you manage that and how like is there respite or is it just a whole lot of journaling for (laughs) for a whole lot of years and then a whole lot to say at the end of it (laughs) well the more the more you're kind of doing your work in a sense in your menstruating years the more you're prepared for menopause. So it's like you're doing your house cleaning before you get to menopause. Sure. And and then, of course, there is, you know, a revelation that you can never prepare for as well. But the thing is, you've developed muscle. You've developed muscle. And, no, it's not unremitting, but it is... But there is a quality of ongoingness about it. But the other important thing about menopause, so, so I want to say you, you are prepared for it and you are, you're inside something that's meaningful in that preparation. You see, I felt, I felt, ultimately, I felt inside something that was meaningful, that was carrying me through. And in truth, it wasn't stressful. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't have children. You know, my time was my own. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had time and space. I mean, because I had work and I had all sorts of responsibilities and so on, but I could govern my own time. And I think that was really key. So the more spaciousness you have and the more you can keep your nervous system soothed, the less stressful it is. Um, and also with menopause, you're moving through phases, like you move through phases at menstruation, you're moving through phases. So the initial phase is intense, um, can be rather, can be intense, but you're prepared for it. Please hear me on that. Please hear me. So you're inside something and it's like, you know, the score and you've got the wherewithal to meet it if you're, you know, resourced. But you've got the psychological wherewithal to meet it if you've been doing your inner work coming in mm-hmm. to menopause. And then it does kind of ease. You you really do go into a kind of little bubble really after a while where you it's almost like your brain really does shut down in a good way. It's like just like oh, you don't want to think about anything or anyone. It's like a little bit like being on autopilot and, you know, you just want to just go slowly and just do the daily stuff you have to do without too much thought. And that's really, you're deep in that winter time, you know, winter, winter, winter. Menopause is is a winter phase of a great, you know, it's the end of your cycling years. And then you really come into a winter phase of sort of just deep surrender. But it's that transition into the deep surrender bit that is the intense bit. (laughs) And then... Really, you know, if, if if the basics of life are ticking over nicely, that's so good, you know, so you can just be with yourself. You don't want to be initiating new projects or stuff. <laughs> um, 
You don't want demands. You just don't want demands. So you do. It's okay. You don't don't do not worry. Pay attention to what your cycle is teaching you and showing you and revealing to you and tend to that. Mm. Your cycle has your back and menopause has your back. Mm. Well, I love that. And I have another a question as someone who has learned to love my menstrual cycle and and that wasn't always the case. It was something that I came to in my 30s. I wonder whether at the time of menopause that there'd be any sort of sense of of grief of the loss of that cycle or whether there is just, again, that you're just really prepared for it, really just ready. What's your experience? What would you say on that? I would say grief is just very natural because your cycle is this becomes like this known I want to say comfort zone but of course it may not be for people who are suffering and you probably can't wait for it to be over you know but um you know if you're kind of at ease with it it is this it's familiar and you get you know you you love the you get to love the changing patterns and especially menstruation and and uh it's the familiar and you're going into the unknown so uh there is i think that initial grief and this is the bit that i always remember very clearly i remember a moment where i thought i'm over the cycle it's done mm-hmm. it's job is done i'm done with it yeah it's fine it was fine i was ready I remember one time, actually, I was um, leading a yoga teacher training, actually, and we were going around and asking people to share where they're at in their own cycle or you know, basically where they were at at that point. And I remember one woman, uh, when everybody else had been, I'm on day this or day that and talked about that, and then we got to a woman who she said, I've grown out of cycles. And I really loved the way that she put that this sort of sense of like having graduated like I don't need that anymore no you don't you graduate I talk Mm -hmm. of cycling years as like having training wheels on Mm -hmm. it's basically just helping you to get to know yourself and now you don't need it you know you 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 figured it out you know who you are you know what you're about Mm -hmm. it's amazing I love that (laughs) and out of that my one more one final question is with with that, with that graduation, in your own experience and your own practice, have you then moved to working with the moon cycle following phases of the moon, which is something that I would, like if I'm um, speaking to people who have their cycles irregular or they've lost their cycle for a while, I'd encourage them to follow the moon cycle. And I, people ask me sometimes, oh, once into menopause, what would you do? And I've kind of said, oh, well, I imagine you would either move with the moon cycle or maybe again it's another sense of having kind of moved beyond and that actually maybe just part of the much bigger cycles of life what's your take on that both Mm -hmm. uh it it, it's a real feeling i mean i do pay attention to the moon partly because um it's very interesting actually just to see echoes of my experience of my menstrual cycle 
echoed in my experience of the moon cycle. Some parts of the moon I just don't notice at all, but there are very particular moments where I get so familiar. It's, it's, it's like a subtle echo. It's not intense at all. Um, and but I, I feel it. It's very interesting to feel how them. So I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But it, the truth is, I I am now. I feel I am in in the deep rhythm of who I am, and I am tracking that. I'm held. I feel as I'm sort of held within cosmic rhythms, and I'm also held within the sort of creative rhythm of what I'm doing within my work so there are sort of rhythms within rhythms um yeah so there's sort of multiple levels at which is working but the, the, the whole point really is that you become deeply responsive to rhythmic life and the need for rhythmic life so for instance in a day i i really honor the rhythm of the day because it just keeps me so um i know what my rhythm is within this you know the day night rhythm and my needs and organizing my life around that. For instance, I just can't do stuff late. I can't go late. I can do things at crack of dawn, but you know. And 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 it's that cooperation with that and knowing and feeling how my energy changes and so on. Mm. So it's a, a deep care of rhythmic life in all its guises, really. Yeah, from the cosmic to the very kind of real day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Again, I'm like, you're doing you're doing that thing that makes it just seem just there's something so beautiful about the way that you speak of it. You said the words of held by cosmic rhythms, held within cosmic rhythms. I'm like, I want to be held in cosmic rhythms. That sounds amazing. Um, (laughs) You are. And your menstrual cycle is proxy for Mm -hmm. that. Menstrual cycle is proxy for that. So, you know, your cycle is tuning you up. Mm. So that, yeah. So actually, the the cosmic rhythm is right there in the back of your cycle. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I love that, and that's just a reminder. As again, as you've said a couple of times, just to be really where we are. And as much as I say, oh, you know, I love this and I want to be there. Like I, I don't want to rush there. I'm, I'm very very happy here and I want to be fully present in what this phase of my life that I'm in and this you know the details of of right now but it's just yeah it's just such a refreshing picture and it goes back to what we said right at the beginning just the new story of menopause it's um beautifully refreshing and very much needed so I'm very very grateful for your time Alexandra and um is there is there anything that you'd like to finish with any last last word that you'd like to say before we wrap up no i think i've said everything i i would like to say i'd only be repeating something annie yeah except to say thank you very much it was a very satisfying conversation with you thank you (laughs) thank you and people can pre-order your book it's on yes, they can. The... Oh, well, I, now I cannot, if you go to redschool.net, you'll probably find, yes, you, you will, you'll see it. But I actually haven't got the exact URL in my head, but I will send it to you and you oh. can put it in the show 
notes. <laughs> I will put it in the show notes and I, I have got it. I wrote it down here. So uh, the wisepowerbook.com, I think there you can order it. Right. Brilliant. So obvious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's okay. We've covered it. Um, wonderful. And also your the Menstruality Podcast is another place people can connect with oh, you and yeah, hear yeah. more. Yes, yes, yes. We're rolling out a whole lot of um, uh, menopause conversations Mm -hmm. uh, leading up to and after the launch of the book. And we're also doing, um, you know, around the launch of the book, we're doing this wise power sort of retreat thing where I'm, I'm just because our podcast is Sophie, our wonderful Sophie Jane Hardy, our communications person who's interviewing people. Um, but I will be in conversation interviewing one or two people um, about, actually, I think maybe about five, six or seven people in this sort of special little, you know, retreat thing of really exploring what, that what their experience is the gifts of menopause, the people I'm talking to. So I've got a great lineup of people. Oh, amazing. So, so there'll be that. And then uh, it's just a great big one long menopause fest, actually. <laughs> From now on in. Um, after that, in October, we do our uh, menopause great awakener course online so you know if you're reading the book and you really want to go deeper this is the place to come to any this course and you, you, when you join you get to join you can join subsequent years for free and it and because menopause does happen over time it's a really good ally this course you know to keep coming back to and we've got these super exercises that really help you to deepen into um, each sort of phase of the menopause process. So I'm very proud of that Mm. great awakening. So I would recommend it too. Mm. Sounds sounds wonderful. Thank you for Mm. offering that. I'm sure that so many will benefit from it. So thank you. Mm. You're welcome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Alexandra. We'll finish up. Thank you. Thank you, Ellie. I hope that you enjoyed my conversation with Alexandra. I'm going to pop some links to connect with her in the show notes for this episode. So head to my website for those, anniecarter.com.au. And I would love to connect with you as well. So please let me know what you thought of this episode. You can get in touch with me either through my website or through Instagram. I'm at underscore Annie Carter. Uh, Or I would love you to leave a great review for the podcast if that feels like something that you would like to do, please share it with your friends. I really appreciate your help in getting the word out. I hope that you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you again soon.